Hey, thanks so much for joining us today for our Word of the Day. We are going to finish up this week by looking at Ecclesiastes chapters 8 and 9. Uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, Solomon begins by telling us how we as believers should really react and live in the government that we live under. He says in verse number 1, he says, Who is a wise man, and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment, and that in regard of the oath of God, and be not hate and be not hasty to go out of his sight. Stand not in an evil thing, for who doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. Where the word of the king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Now, when he's talking about the king here, he he's not talking about God as our king. He he gets to that, but he's he's really literally talking about whoever's government control we are under. And here's what he says. Obey the laws. Obey the government. Obey whoever is in control of you because God has placed them there for a purpose. Now, he does put some limits on it. You know, he says, don't stand in an evil thing. If, you're, if your country or your government or whatever you're under, if they are trying to get you to do evil, then we are to resist that. There's a, a story I read recently about a a Christian who served in the Nazi Germany uh, armed forces during World War II. He was a believer, a strong, devout believer, uh, and he was, he was a code breaker and uh, a code maker, and so he, he helped with the intelligence, and a lot of the times he was to give orders from Adolf Hitler to other generals to really annihilate the Jewish people, and he, he, he was bothered by that, rightfully so. As a believer, it, it bothered him what he was being told to do. So he refused to do it. I mean, he, he acted like he was doing it. He gave different orders. And he actually was able to save thousands of Jewish, Jewish people and get them out of Germany before they were uh, captured and put in concentration camps. Now, he was, he was captured. He was discovered. They uh, brought him up on charges of treason, and he stood before a judge, a German judge, and the judge really just blasted him for his belief in God and said, the only thing that Christianity and socialism has in common is that they demand the whole man. And he asked him, he goes, you need to tell us now where your allegiance lies. Does your allegiance lie in this other world with this other God, or does your allegiance lie to Germany and to Adolf Hitler. And he boldly stood up in court and proclaimed that as a believer, his allegiance aligned with God. And of course, he was, he was executed, but he, he stood for his faith in a difficult situation. And that's what Solomon's telling us to do. As believers, you know, we, we are to obey the laws of our government, obey the laws of the land, unless it calls us to do evil. But if we do disagree with the king, if we do disagree with the ruler, there's nothing wrong with with letting that be known, but do it in a right way. Do it in a way that honors God and doesn't, doesn't disgrace the name of Christ. And he says this is why in verse 6. He says, Because every purpose there is a time and judgment, therefore the misery of man is great upon him. He says, look, you are in the place you are right now 
you are under the, the control of the leaders you have over you right now, whether it's a political leader, whether it's a parent, whether it's a boss, you are, you are there because God has placed you there for a purpose. And we don't know what that purpose is. So our job is to understand God has us where we are for his honor and for his glory. We don't understand it. It's just our job as believers to live a life that is honoring and glorifying to God. Then he says in verse 12, he goes, Though a sinner do, an evil, do evil an hundred times, and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow. He says, look, yeah, we have to obey the government, and we have to respect the, the, the authority over us, whether it's a parent or a boss or whatever it is, but our first loyalty is to God. Our first loyalty is to serve and obey the true king. So, for instance, if you're, you're, in a, you're a child or a teenager and you're in a household where your, your parents or your father or your mother don't respect God, they're not believers, and they try to force you to not go to church, you do have to respect them and obey them in certain issues, but if they're trying to get you to disobey God, then you have a right and you have a duty as a believer to obey God first. And we see that throughout all of other scripture. The Bible says, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Then in verse 14, goes, there is a vanity which is done upon the earth, that there be just men unto whom it happeneth according to the work of the wicked. Again, there be wicked men to whom it happeneth according to the work of the righteous. I said, this also is vanity. So he gets to a point here that a lot of people struggle with, and that's the thing of, why does it seem like evil men prosper? You know, wicked men, wicked people, they seem to prosper and to be successful and really sometimes seem to go through this life unscathed and without any punishment. And they can, you know, if they're powerful enough or rich enough, they can buy their way out of trouble. And he goes, you know, it's, it's emptiness, it's vanity, but, you know, and here's what's vanity about. And in verse 13, then I commended myrrh because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry, for that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his life, which God giveth him under the sun. So here's what Solomon's saying here. Don't get so bogged down in trying to figure out why wicked men prosper or wicked people prosper, and it seems like righteous people are suffering or righteous people are struggling. Don't, don't bother with that. Don't, don't get bogged down in that. It's in God's hands. Our duty as a believer is to enjoy life. He goes, eat, drink, be merry. You know, enjoy the life that God has given you and don't worry about other people and what they're dealing with and what they're doing and how they're prospering. Then in chapter 9, he continues, starting in verse 2, he goes, all things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean and to the unclean, to him that sacrificeth and to him that sacrificeth not. As is the good, so is the sinner. And he that sweareth as he that feareth an oath. This is an evil among all things that, that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all, yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness, is in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. So here's what Solomon's saying. Look, the evil man who is prospering on earth, the wicked person who seems to be getting through life unscathed and really unpunished, uh, and the righteous person who they may be struggling they may be dealing with, with difficulties in their life or burdens in their life. No matter who it is, whether you're good or evil, whether you're righteous or wicked, whatever it is, 
all of us end up in the same place, and that place is the grave. We're all going to die. So don't worry about how the wicked go unpunished because if they refuse or if they don't give their heart to God and, and, and really fully commit to him and accept him as their savior, when they die, their punishment is going to come. And don't worry about the seemingly righteous people or godly people who are suffering because when they die, their suffering's over and they get to spend eternity with God. So there's one event that happens to everybody. So don't, don't burden your life and don't waste your life worrying and hoping and thinking, hey, those people are wicked. They need to get punished because one day they will be. Then in verse number seven, again, he says, go thy way, eat thy bread with joy and drink thy wine with a merry heart for God now accepteth thy works. Again, he's saying, look, enjoy life. Don't, don't focus on what other people are doing. Don't focus on what other people have. Don't focus on how it seems like evil is, is prospering because their end is coming. Their punishment is coming. Your duty as a believer is to enjoy the life that God has given you. Then in verse 10, it says, Whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. I returned and saw unto the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Here's, here's what he's saying. Look, life is unpredictable. Nobody knows what's going to happen today. We can't predict the future. I mean, you could be perfectly healthy today and having a, a feeling great today and your life's going great today and tragedy can strike this afternoon. Uh, you can have a loved one who gets in an accident or you can be in an accident and die. And we don't know any, even, even with our health. You know, I went in high school, I uh, had an algebra teacher who, uh, his name was Mr. Dodgen and he was a Marine. Uh, not a former Marine because there are no former Marines, but he was a Marine, a retired Marine. And he uh, was very physically fit. He ran cross country. He biked all the time. Uh, he, I mean, he was, you know, when I knew him, he was probably in his late 40s. Uh, early 50s, but he was very healthy. And then one day he's riding his bike and had a massive coronary and died. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Nobody can predict the future. So here's, here's what he's saying. Give 100% to what God's given you now. Don't, because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You may not have tomorrow. Look, you may not have time tomorrow to spend with your spouse and enjoy life. So do it today. You may not have time tomorrow to be with your kids and disciple your children and be a good parent because you may not have tomorrow. And when you're gone, your kids are not going to say, man, I'm sure I'm so glad mom and dad spent all their time at work. I'm so glad mom and dad spent all their time watching Netflix or whatever. They're going to say, man, I wish mom and dad would have spent more time with me. I wish I'd had more time with my parents. Maybe your spouse will say, man, I'm so glad my husband you know, put in 60, 70, 80 hours a week at work and never took a vacation and never took me on a date. Man, I'm sure glad he did that. No, she's going to say, man, I, I wish I had more time. I wish you'd have spent more time with me while he had it. So God's saying, give 100% to your life today because we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. Then he finishes up chapter 9. He says, there was a little city and few within it, and there came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in, in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom 
is despised and his words are not heard. The words of the wise men are heard in the quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Here's, here's what he's saying. The loudest person doesn't always mean they're the wisest person. Usually the, the fool is the one who's talking loudest and trying to get their point across. Wisdom whispers. Doesn't shout. Doesn't yell. It whispers to us. It's like the story of Elisha. You know, he's uh, running from, from uh, the queen and he's hiding up in the, in the caves and God comes to him and takes him out of the cave and shows him an earthquake and shows him a tornado and shows him a fire. And then there's a, a whisper. And he says, God's not in the tornado. God's not in the earthquake. God wasn't in the fire. God's in the still small voice. Wisdom doesn't shout. Wisdom whispers. So if we're going to be wise, we have to learn to tune out the shouting of the fools and those who want us to do their agenda and live life their way and listen for the quiet voice of wisdom and the quiet voice of God. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy your uh, Sunday in church. I hope everyone goes to church this Sunday, wherever you are. Hope to see you in the house of God. Uh, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy, if you're working, you know, enjoy your work as well. God says enjoy all of life. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.